0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Psalm chapter 63. This Psalm is written in a very dark moment in the life of David. David's son Absalom started this revolt against his father. It started as this undermining of his father, right under his own nose. And that has blossomed into a full-fledged civil war where Absalom has led forces into Jerusalem. Absalom has taken the throne of Israel. David is on the run, and he's in the wilderness of Judah. And people that have been to the Holy Land will tell you that it's a very arid place. It's very dry. There's not a lot of water. And in the desert of Judea, it is very dry. David is in a desolate place. And he's in a place of desolation, not just physically, but also spiritually. He's going to liken his spiritual condition to a person that's thirsty and parched for water. I can't help but think back to once I went to New Mexico on a mission trip, and we were working and building uh, buildings uh, for a local school. And it was so dry and so hot, and I'll never forget, I got dehydrated. I didn't even realize I was dehydrated. It started as a dull headache, and... Boy, I really, really craved water that day. And I think of being in a desolate and dry place and getting dehydrated and the, the craving of, of just cool water. And David's going to liken that craving for water to a desire to be with God and have God's presence. So let's turn to our reading. This is Psalm 63. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I'll bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. If you have been my help and in the shadow of your wing, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me, but those who seek to destroy my life shall go down to the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for the jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. So there's this beginning of this psalm in the first verse. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you sometimes we get this really false dichotomy that in some way this is this division of a human being there's this spirit of a person and this body of a person but these two words here in verse one nefesh Uh, nefesh first of all is just the divinely animated part of us the part that uh, contemplates god the part of us that has communion with god and the basar is the flesh and the flesh just desires water. The flesh desires food. So there's this part of us, it's our entire being actually. It's who we are. We are body-soul composites. It's what makes us human beings. It's what makes us different from say angels. Angels are pure spirits. But we as human beings are are body-spirit composites. And so David is saying, look, I have a, a deeper thirst that's even deeper than what my flesh desires. And it's this communion with God. And we'll come back to that point in just a minute. Then he remembers back to an epiphany he's had. In some way, David has experienced God's presence in the temple. We can't help but think about Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah the prophet sees God in the temple, high and lifted up and and holy and majestic. David has had some type of vision of God. He's remembering back to that vision of God to give him strength at this time when he feels so alone and so separated. And he remembers that God's Hesed, we've talked about that word many times before, his steadfast love in verse 3. That's the Hebrew word Hesed. Hesed means God's faithful, covenant love. God's always going to be there for us. His love's not going to end. And so David, because of that, is going to lift up his his voice in praise. When David talks about this praise, this is not some type of silent praise. It's a praise that that really involves your entire body. Your mouth and your hands are lifted up to God. His whole self is praising and giving thanks. There's the word here, barakah in Hebrew, which is just thanksgiving. He's giving thanks to God. And he said, look, I'll be satisfied like good food. My soul, my nephesh is going to be satisfied with God and his presence in my life more than, than fine food. Then he talks about in verse six, something you may relate to on his bed at night. He meditates during the watches of the night. So We're talking about a person that's worrying through the night. They can't sleep. And the only thing that gets him through the sleepless night is the steadfast love of the Lord. He remembers what God has done for him. That God will be his help. So his soul is clinging to God. That's the only thing getting him through this very difficult time. He's lost everything. His reputation is destroyed. He's once again running for his life. And all that gets him through is remembering who God is and God's steadfast love. But he also looks forward to deliverance. He says, based on God's steadfast love, God's going to destroy his enemies. His enemies will go down into the depths of the earth. That would be Sheol, the abode of the dead. He will be victorious. And this defeat of his enemies will be so complete that their bodies will will lay out on the battlefield and, and be eaten by jackals. A complete victory for David. That's what he's looking forward to. He knows God will vindicate him. So a few things for us to think about. First of all, considering this desire for God's presence is greater than any type of physical thing that we can have. Remember, Jesus tells the woman at the well in John four, he says, everyone who drinks this water, speaking of the water of the well, will be thirsty again. But Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. I can't help but think of Jesus during his temptation. He's also out in the desert, probably in a similar place to where David is, actually. He's being tempted by the devil. And he says that man will not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to remember there's something more important than physical desires. Something greater than what food or drink can bring us. And that's God's presence. That's relationship with God. That's God's covenant faithfulness to us. We don't need to forget that. And a question I want us to contemplate this day is what would you give your life for? You know, David tells us here that God's love is better than life, better than our physical life. And if I thought, think if we sat here and contemplated for a minute some things we would lay our lives down for, probably our family, I would think, if our family was in need. We would lay our lives down to protect them and to help them and to love them. So there are some things, even in this time of comfort in America, that we would give our lives up for. But when you go back and look at the the history of the Bible, God's people have always been willing to give up their lives for Him. I can't help but think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3, the three Hebrew boys who were thrown into the fiery furnace. They will not renounce their faith in God because there are things more important to them than their own life. Think of Daniel in the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6. Think of the intertestament period, the time between the Old and New Testament. There's a book called Maccabees, and in 2nd Maccabees chapter 6 through chapter 7 we read about the martyrs, those who Antiochus Epiphanes, the tyrant, had put to death the Jews that gave up their life because they knew that God's presence in their life, God's comfort and love and God's relationship with them was more important than life itself then we turn to the New Testament and we see Stephen the great martyr in the book of Acts who gives up his life we see Hebrews 11:35 35 through 40 in this roll call of faith of people who died for their belief in God we know all throughout the history of the church the Christian martyrs who willfully gave up their lives because of their relationship with Jesus Christ And something we need to remember, that this is more important than life itself. Our relationship with God is better than anything we can receive in this bodily existence on this planet. God's love will endure forever. Do we believe that? We have an eternal relationship with God that no matter what happens in this life, whether I'm slandered, whether people uh, do things to me that are horrible and duplicitous, whether I even have to die for my faith, that there's this eternal love that God has for us. And he loves us so much that one day he'll restore to us our bodies with even a greater and more glorious body. Go read 1 Corinthians 15 and read about that future body we'll receive one day. That's how faithful God is to us, that he'll see us even through death, even through the hardest things of our lives. So as you read this psalm today, think about the anguish of David and what got him through. And Maybe you're going through something very difficult at this time. Maybe you're struggling too. And this psalm could be something to help you get through. As you contemplate the glorious love of God, his Hesed, his covenant faithfulness, it will last forever. It's never going to end. And he's not going to abandon you. Even in your darkest moments, when you think he's not there, he is there with you. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Labor Day, I hope you have a great time with your family, and I hope to see you back again tomorrow as we continue in this narrative of King David. God bless.